How's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm really good. Yeah. You um are you down in Waco right now? I am, yeah. Waco season. So you're dealing with all the rain? Yeah, it's it hasn't been too bad. We got rain Tuesday, Wednesday. We were able to climb yesterday. It was beautiful outside. I think the park's closed again today, but I'm talking to you. Yeah. Got a work day. It's all good. Yeah. So yeah. You kind of you kind of need those double rest days every now and then in Waco. Like everyone, I think it's kind of funny. It rains and everyone freaks out and goes to the gym. And I'm like, you guys, like yeah. we're all climbing way too much all the time. Like we should just chill the fuck out and <laughs> embrace the extra rest. But um, yeah, Waco is yeah. definitely conducive to a lot of climbing in short periods of time just because kind of like a playground mm-hmm. you know like you end up climbing on a few boulders before you even get to your project totally so, totally <laughs> you get stuck in that that's routine. kind of that's kind of been the main shift uh for me this year this is my fourth time here and i'm i feel way more focused this year i feel like i've scratched my itch spending so much time here in the past few years and this time i'm like i just really want to focus on the hard things for me that I really want to do. And I, I feel a lot less tempted by all those like random side projects, you know, that can right. kind of derail your, your, your climbing day. So yeah, that's yeah. been a cool shift. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, it's good that you got kind of got those seasons in a way, like out of the way, you know, yeah. like where you like run around and destroy skin and climb every day, you know, and all that. And now you could like, you're in a cool position cause you could kind of just focus on, singular projects and not the kind of wild adventure style stuff exactly exactly cool um yeah yeah it's it's so fun here uh hold on i'm gonna get rid of this thing don't report okay there we go nice yeah how are you i'm good um actually it's been kind of a weird uh couple weeks um not necessarily with me but my mom her her dog is dying okay (laughs) and and uh, he, uh, he's really young. He's like two years old. Mm. And kind of weird. We just found he was like not doing so well mobility wise. Like he was limping and stuff. And they thought it was like a knee thing or ankle thing, which is fairly common in young dogs that are super active. But turns out, I mean, long story short, it's just like a really aggressive cancer, cancerous tumor, oh. like near his spinal cord, like in his rear end kind of like in his hips you know um so we kind of just you know went through the whirlwind of like ups and downs of like maybe it could be treated maybe not and this and that and it's kind of looking where it's definitely looking like it's it's untreatable at this point so i have to like move forward in the next steps um so it's just been kind of emotionally like intense you Mm -hmm. know but you know, it's a weird perspective because it's not necessarily my dog, but we, Callie and I right now, we're in a kind of transition phase right now. So we're living with my mom as we like prepare to buy a house actually. So, you know, we're here all the time with the dog, hiking with the dog and all this stuff. So it is kind of like a little intense, but yeah. um, I'm thinking about like my mom and like quality of life for the dog. You know, it's, there's just a lot of emotions when these things happen. So. Yeah. And a little weird. Yeah, totally. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it sounds that sounds rough. Yeah, yeah, it it would be rough. I mean, I couldn't even imagine if it were our dog personally. Um, but still, it, it seems tough. But um, otherwise, we're good. Yeah, Callie, she's in school. She's pursuing a master's program here in Albuquerque. Um, so she's really busy, and I've been uh just training a bit, kind of climbing. Actually, not training so much, just kind of gym climbing a bit, and kind of slowing down a little bit for a short period of time and then I'll ramp up a bit more in February. Um, so kind of just, you know, standard, you know, midwinter routine, you know, no big trips, anything right at the moment. So just a little like work and, uh, yeah, just maintenance really. Nice. How do you, how do you think about that? Is that, I I think you're coming off a pretty long stint of going hard. Obviously you did wind up bird back in November. Congrats uh, on that one. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into that for sure. I actually re-listened to uh, to our chat or part of our chat from 2021 where we talked about that a little bit. And yeah, it's pretty sick to see that you did that thing, man. I was like, wow, I watched yeah. him try that like four years ago, three yeah. years ago. Yeah, I remember you guys were up there. It, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and then I remember doing the interview. I actually should have re-listened to it. I listened to it um, before, like 
you know, a while ago, but I hadn't like dug it up again. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to to hear myself talk about it three years ago. That's, yeah. that's kind of cool this 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 format of um interviewing and stuff is you could kind of like it's almost like journaling in a weird way. You could like go back and be like, oh, that's how I was thinking and talking at the time and kind of see if it lines up a little bit. Yeah, it's um, like these little time capsules. It's pretty cool. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I'm I was definitely exhausted from that trip. I went probably as hard as I ever had on a climbing trip and and preparing for it as well, up leading up to it. And then when I got back, um, just kind of rested, took it easy for the holidays. And then I started ramping up again because there was a chance we were going to go back this month. But just turns out that the weather just totally kind of dive bombed in Colorado, mm. especially like a week and a half ago, there was like negatives and, you know, just winter storm epics and stuff. And at the fortress, that's an added element, like beyond already the intensity of the fortress. So we kind of pulled the plug on the January visit. Um, so since we did that, I kind of like, and, and I was kind of planning a trip in March, which kind of fell through for the fortress, mostly because um, as I briefly mentioned before, I'm, I'm working on a housing loan right now to, um, with lenders and all that. So I, I need kind of like a sustained work period just to kind of show some, you know, consistency in the income they're, they're pretty happy with things, but they just want to see this like consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, so no trips for like a couple months. And then after that, we'll kind of plan the next trip, um, most likely up to the fortress. So in lieu of all of that, I'm taking it easy, right? I'm kind of like, all right, I don't need to train hard. There's really no point until maybe mid-February, and then I'll start ramping up and kind of preparing for later spring um, visits to Colorado and, and maybe elsewhere. But for now, the, the goal is still to climb up at the fortress, actually, and keep working on um, the extension to Wind Up Bird, which is nice. kind of the ultimate project and, and for me, you know, so yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Um, I read your interview in Climbing Magazine about Wind Up Bird, and I read that you were just immediately going to start trying the extension. And I, I got really psyched. I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like he just put, I don't know, three, four years into this thing, and is mm -hmm. still motivated to go back there and try to basically do it again, and then try the extension. Like that's that's rad. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like the next day, I was back up there, <laughs> like kind of cleaning, and I moved some bolts and. I just got so excited and it was kind of funny because I was thinking to myself like you just climbed kind of like the hardest thing you've ever done and now it's like just make it harder mm -hmm. you know I'm like give yourself a break maybe try <laughs> another route at the crag or you know maybe bolt a couple routes and just climb for the rest of the month but I was like you know what I'm I'm in the right shape right now and I have the motivation so I'm gonna really push this thing as far as I physically physically can um, even if wind up bird itself was pretty close to my limit, I still felt that I had kind of a little excess and I had bolted beyond that belay year, seven years ago. So I was like, mm. I'm going to try to fulfill my full vision for this route um, while I have kind of like the motivation and time and energy and all that for it. So that was kind of what spurred on like the continuation of the climb. Yeah. That's so sick, man. I mean, you ended up grading Wind Up Bird 15B, your hardest route, which may, already makes it one of the hardest routes in the country. And then, you know, there's a like 50 meter extension or something like that. So it's definitely yeah, going to be so, one of the hardest. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And like to clarify, the there is a 50 meter. It, it basically, I bolted it to the top of the crag. And if you remember the crag, it's like 300 feet tall. Um, so I kind of in the process of like revisiting the extension i kind of like modified it thus moving the bolts and stuff to kind of a more appropriate so now there's like a middle a proper anchor for like what the sport climb of the full windup bird would be which kind of ends right around flex maybe a little higher than flex and there still is like beyond that the wall changes the angle of the wall changes drastically to like slightly overhanging to vertical and the climbing to about you know mid 512 maybe which is excellent climbing but it would just be this epic like kind of ordeal to climb the full thing in one pitch so i kind of found like immediate uh, a middle ground like to tie the two together and if someone wants to climb it in a multi-pitch someday that's cool 
Um, but I think for now, I'm just going to end it kind of right where the real hard climbing ends. And there's a kind of natural finishing point um, for like that difficult climb and just kind of leave it at that. And then someone could adventure beyond someday. I might do it someday just as an individual, like second pitch, just because it's amazing. 512 plus climbing probably and all the way to the top of the fortress, which mm-hmm. is epic but i don't think i would ever link from like the ground to the very top of the wall mm-hmm. um in one pitch because i think logistically with the rope and everything it, it might not even work out it's it's just so big and like the angle change is so sharp that you couldn't really climb it i think so um, that makes sense that was another reason for me kind of refining the route a bit yeah that'll make sense yeah very cool yeah. how much um how much does the extension add do you think so it adds for pretty spaced bolts, uh, five actually. And so about 50 feet um, of probably 8B plus or 8C, 14A or 14B, but really bouldery and intense um, climbing, or maybe better put just like a really long V10 or V11. Okay. Polar prom. Um, so you climb right after the belay of Wind Up Bird, you climb maybe 15 feet of you know, maybe mid 512 even with some shakes and knee bars and stuff. And then after that, you just enter this very intense rifle style boulder prom. It actually really reminds me of the crux of Flex Luther because mm. it's really kind of like side pulls and really intense pinching and basically the complete opposite of the hard climbing on windup birds. So it's kind of interesting. It, it really adds this full package like rifle test, you know, um, mm. It was funny because I was up there with Maddie Hong and we were doing some film work on it and I was trying the extension a bit and I was kind of referring to him, you know, referring to the route to him as like kind of like the final test for me for like everything that I've learned in my years of climbing and rifle or mm. at the fortress. And it kind of encapsulates like all that I've learned in that style of climbing and and puts it in one big single route. So I'm really happy about the extension and I and I can't wait to try it again because I just love that it adds not only difficulty to the route, but like a completely different style in a way. Like you really have to pad up and tape both knees and it's got to climb in shorts. It's like 30 degrees out. It's really intense <laughs> now. Where It was yeah. intense before, but it was a little more straightforward bouldering power. You could climb in pants. You didn't really need to wear knee pads and stuff. So it might suit more climbers that are really like like focused on just like more straightforward hard climbing but then the extension now adds this extra element of like no you got to pad up and mm. like do some knee barring and really funky you know tomfoolery stuff you know it's it's just bizarre climbing um so i really like that um but it adds this extra element of like you get through the bottom and and you're by no means like finished you know it's like you definitely your feet can just slip or the knee bar can pop out um so it's cool it's it's a unique challenge i think actually that's awesome man yeah it's hearing you talk about it i can hear the excitement in your voice and that's really fun to see because i remember um you know you were you were just full-on in the process last time we recorded i think it was like january 2021 that that episode came out i think we recorded that like in you know around thanksgiving 2020. Um, and I had seen you up at the fortress and watched you try it a little bit. Um, but then you moved to New Mexico and I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Like, I wonder if that wraps up this project for him. Like maybe he's going to move on and do other stuff, but nope, you just kept coming back and chipping away at this thing and eventually got it done. I thought that was really sick. What makes it so special? Why, you know, of all the places that you could go climb now you're living in a different state. It's a lot more effort to come back to this thing. Um, I imagine you're not going up there nearly as often. So you've got to, you know, acclimate to the hike every time and kind of tune back into the style and everything. What makes this one so special and why stick with it and why continue with the extension right away versus all, you know, you could go spend more time in Vegas and try to repeat some of Jonathan's stuff or Joe's stuff or find new routes in, you know, Arizona or New Mexico or something that's a little bit closer to home. What makes this one so special? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I think um, it's kind of like 
a couple reasons. The one being um, probably the main one is like I have a really hard time leaving things unfinished. I mean, I'm kind of um, I don't want to say notorious for this, but I I just like work things forever. <laughs> like I tried biography for almost seven years, you know, and uh, and some other routes, and I just keep going back. I'm kind of one of those. I don't know if it's like an old school perspective, but I'm kind of the climber that would just go and try something over and over and over again until, you know, it's done. Um, since, I mean, that mentality is still holds true in me. Um, but I'm a little more strategic with it now. I'd rather prepare and be really in the right shape for certain things, um, rather than slaving away and just working something to frustration. Um, but I think the wind up bird was special to me because it was really one of the first experiences of, bolting of route where I, I felt like my true vision of climbing kind of coming through. Um, and of course I bolted it with Carlo Traversi. Um, so we shared the experience of like, this is amazing. And like, wow, the moves are like, um, they're all there, but there was a period of time where we we're like, is this even possible? So it was kind of like on that little cusp of like bolting something or finding something that like, you kind of like willed it into existence in a weird way, you know, like mm -hmm. kind of found this like true limit of, of, you know, developing and stuff and um, kind of what's like really fine in the edge of what's possible. Like if one hold wouldn't be in the crux section on any which hold, it would be impossible. So it's kind of a really special route and, you know, um, I kind of always felt that way since the day one that we bolted it and Carlo did too for a little bit, but he also lives in California. So I think he had other objectives and, and kind of just pulled himself in a certain direction. And when he came back to the fortress, I think he, he tried the project quite a bit actually, but he was also like set on the mission of trying flex Luther just because there's an added, um, you know, element to that route as well. It's incredibly hard. It's a beautiful route and it's like shrouded in this crazy mystery of like <laughs> Tommy in the midwinter climbing it 20 years ago. And it, it's really cool. And it's great that those guys did it. And But it's funny because I think, you know, there's an expiration date to your time in, at the fortress, you know, and I think Carlos spent a lot of time at the fortress during trying Flex Luther and stuff that I think you know, after a certain amount of time spent up there, you're like, maybe I need a couple of years off from, from going back up there. Um, yeah. But anyways, I mean, I, I, Carlo may say different, but I, I kind of think that was his perspective on it. But he, he really shared in that, like, at first we were like, this is something special. It's really amazing. So I just kind of cling to that and, and kept trying it and trying it. And ironically, like when I moved, when we moved down to New Mexico, I think it helped me quite a bit to find success at the fortress because now instead of like a day trip or a weekend trip, I really had to like plan out a whole kind of training period and like a structured, like focused trip. So when I arrived at the fortress, I had a lot of intent on like, I am here for this mm. and this amount of time. So I'm going to be, I was a bit more focused i would say um having those day trips was maybe a little bit too relaxed you know like maybe mm. i'll try it this weekend maybe not maybe i'll just boulder in the front range or i'm training or working or whatever but these last couple trips i made to the fortress it was like i'm here for this i'm not going to the front range i'm not doing anything else but resting and climbing um so those moving away actually helped quite a bit in in finishing this project which it's kind of funny. You wouldn't really think that you'd think like the home project would be where you could really excel, but maybe it's just like my experience of traveling over the years and really maximizing my time at certain places um, helped in that sense. So like when I traveled to the fortress, I, I was just way more focused. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's really interesting to hear and it makes sense. And um, there's a lot of things to touch on there. I mean, that's really cool to hear, especially because the fortress, like you're talking about with this most recent trip that didn't work out, uh, it's just a tricky area. So it, it also seems like it'd be a lot easier to plan a big trip and train for it and do all these things and then just kind of get unlucky uh, with the weather. You know, you 
this thing bakes in the sun, so you have to climb in the winter. But if it's too cold, that's a problem. If it's too warm, that's a problem. If it's cloudy on a cold day, you're screwed, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Just a lot of moving parts there. How many times were you able to go back and try it? Like, what have your what have your trips looked like over the last few years to go try this thing? Yeah, I think since we talked, I maybe tried it only a handful of days. Um, maybe, well, like in between a couple bigger trips. So, you know, we were still living in Colorado, so I'd go try it a bit. Uh, I think that spring I tried it a bit, climbed and rifle a lot was going up to the fortress late spring so that was like may or june and then when the fortress is actually still pretty good because the sun is high mm. in the sky so it's maybe warm hiking but like by mid-afternoon it's excellent it's like the best conditions if it's not a wet spring so kind of depends you know because it could seep and stuff mm. um, so maybe i tried it a handful of weekends 2021 spring and then 2021 fall I'm trying to think now what did i do uh, um yeah i only we moved to new mexico that fall so it, it i think kind of scheduling didn't really work out and um at the time um my fiance Callie, she she had a kind of really bad bouldering accident in the gym and kind of destroyed both of her feet <laughs> It was like mm. a really gnarly incident. So we, you know, there was no kind of fortress options and stuff. And we really were like, just focused on like her recovery. And then we're like, we need to move um, just for a number of reasons and all that. So fall 2021 was kind of like a life focus, like transition. So there was really not a huge focus on climbing. And then the next year, I think I spent a lot of the, the year just bouldering and in 2022 went back in the fall for a couple weeks but it was kind of this weird like just throw myself at it kind of mentality like just go up there you've climbed well on it before see how it feels and i got up there and i was like it doesn't feel good i'm not strong <laughs> at all like it feels way harder than before i didn't train at all for this so i kind of like grinded through two or two and a half weeks up there and i was like i'm we gotta go home like i this isn't worth it you know um so went back and then the next, so this last year, 2023, kind of did some trips, went to France, climbed in New Mexico a bunch. I actually bolted a handful of pretty awesome projects here in New Mexico that I worked on pretty much all spring and into the summer a little bit. And then it got too hot and kind of just trained a lot in the summer with the fortress in mind. And it was mm. kind of, the first time that I really did a super focused periodization kind of breakdown of training. And I, I kind of just layered the training to set myself up for a really good, um, you know, performance phase in November. Um, and what kind of led up to that wasn't just like, I want to go do wind up bird and climb the project. Finally, um, that was a big part of it. But another part of it was I trained kind of in a really structured way for my trip to France this last spring. And I like totally failed. <laughs> mm. And it was a crazy thing. Like I was in excellent shape, but when I arrived in France and tried the route that I was psyched on uh, the energy systems, like what I trained for was like totally flip-flopped. Mm. It was bizarre actually. Um, I've never missed the mark so hard. What were you trying? So far. Super Krakenet in Saint-Léger. And it's um, basically a, I think it's 28 moves long. It's, you know, it's a beautiful, incredible route, um, but it's pure power endurance. Like every move is kind of sustained and hard, but there's no real specific move that's very hard. There's maybe a couple moves that are like slightly harder than the others, but more or less, it's just really sustained 30 moves on like tiny little like one pad or slightly smaller holds. So every move is kind of crimp, 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 pocket, crimp, crimp. And it's just this very unique, like bouldering power endurance, just intense, you know, like minute and a half bit of climbing. And I was kind of training for like five, six minutes of climbing, you mm. know? So it's kind of funny, like I would try cracking it and I actually climb well on it, um, but I would just like gas out and like power and like one hang like constantly mm. and then i would walk around the corner to like a much larger cave and climb like you know 
a 30 meter 8c plus and like couple tries and i'm like what is going on here like i'm <laughs> i'm really good at this like 30 meter mark but at the 15 meter mark i'm like get shut down when the moves the mm. intensity gets a little harder and it's just a little more sustained i just couldn't i didn't have the power basically um but i had great endurance so it was kind of this weird juxtaposition where like i felt in great shape but i wasn't performing at all how i wanted to mm. on the route and then it kind of clicked in my mind when I got back from France. I was like, well, super net's not that much different than the windup bird. So the windup bird might be a bit more bouldery. It's definitely a lot more bouldery, but it's really sustained power endurance climbing. So I was like, I cannot train how I trained in the spring um, for this windup bird at all. I need to change the structure of my training to be ready for, you know, a really sustained anaerobic like effort, mm -hmm. you know, so that I just prepared a lot differently, but maybe the failure on Krakenet actually fired me up to like not get my ass kicked at the fortress. So, yeah. Uh, it helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so thank Krakenet for shutting me down, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or my misguided, um, you know, training for that. Um, it could have been a little bit mental too, you know, like, you know, when you're in France and you travel, you know, it's a little harder you feel a little bit more pressure, you know, mm. um, even with the fortress, like traveling from New Mexico, to New Mexico to Colorado is okay because you're like, well, I'll just go back in the spring or I'll go back in the fall. Cause yeah. it's not that seven hours away. Um, but flying to Europe, you know, there's a whole organized, um, trip there and it gets a little more tricky and a little mm -hmm. more pressure, but, um, you know, so that, that's kind of like the breakdown of my attempts recently and kind of like, what led up to this last trip as well. Had you tried Super Krakenet before before training for it? Before that trip? No. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that makes it that changes everything too, right? Like you're just you're just making your best guess, you know, based on watching videos and stuff. Um Yeah, I was telling Callie when we were driving back from the fortress this last um winter, I was like, I wish we could fly to France right now just for like three days because I'm pretty sure I'll do cracking that in like <laughs> a couple tries because uh -huh. I was like so ready for it you know but I was because wind up bird and Krakenet are like so similar you know and I was like I'm ready now like you know but obviously it wasn't just gonna go back we'll go back someday but you know we have a lot of life goals and and things going on right now and lots of climbing to do in New Mexico and Colorado so yeah uh, this is a tangent. I don't want to take away from your efforts by asking you this, but I, I, I can't help but ask it. I'm so curious. Uh, for people to recognize the name Super Krakenet, that's the one that Adam Andra flashed, and there's a whole re real rock film about it. Um, you know, first 515 and, and only 515 flash ever in the world. How fucking mind-blowing is it to now have tried the route? How mind-blowing is it that he did that? You know it's it's extremely impressive it's uh yeah it's the first couple tries on it i was like wow that that's wild that he flashed this like it's totally impressive but at the same time i was like i kind of understand how a route like this can be flashed because there's not a lot of moves to flash actually so there's 30 moves Mm -hmm. So every move you do, it's like actually 5% closer to like the route <laughs> or something like that or mm -hmm. whatever the math breaks down to, you know. Um, so your odds are maybe a bit higher and it and it's very the style of the climbing is very, very similar to what a probably a World Cup final would be. Mm. Um, it's a bit harder, obviously, but it's so sustained small holds and maybe more of what the old school or mid 2000s world cup routes would be just small crimps and just pulling hard for as long as you can go and usually those routes are 15 to 20 meters so more or less the same style is something like super krakenet so i think um that's why the krakenet maybe gets a lot of a sense it's not that it's that easy maybe it's a bit low end 9a plus but definitely 9a plus um, but I think the style is very much like a, you know, like a hard power endurance World Cup route. Mm. You know, there's no one single move that is crazy, crazy hard. I mean, there's obviously the move to the pocket and then there's one move at the end. Those two moves are a bit harder, but only a bit harder, you know, and if you're not pumped, you can do the moves. Mm -hmm. But if you're a little like pumped out, then you fall off. They feel impossible when you fall. You hang on the bolt for 20 seconds or 30 seconds 
and you immediately go to the end. Mm -hmm. So the style of route makes sense that it's a flashable candidate. For yeah. Sure. But by all means, very impressive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's... It's it's nine A plus. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That all makes sense. Those are super interesting thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So what did you do after after having that experience when you're thinking about preparing over the summer for your trip in the fall to go try Wind Up Bird? Um, what changed? What did you do differently? Um, you know, it's funny. I actually listened to that podcast that you did with, um, uh, what's the, oh gosh, why am I, Scott Johnson? Mm. And um, the Uphill Athlete. Yeah. You know, and I, and I bought the book actually. Nice. So I was like, I want to learn a bit more about this physiology and kind of how the energy sit more. What I was curious about was the energy systems kind of like building my capacity and having this like output, you know, and like what kind of capacity am I building preseason and, and going into like a performance season? Like what have I been doing? I, I know what has felt good, but I was more curious. Why would it feel good certain years when I was doing certain training? Um, so I bought that book and I actually read it like front to back and it was pretty interesting. Their perspective, of course, their um that book has a lot to do with mountain athletes, which are slightly different or drastically different than climbers. Like they're building their legs, they're building the aerobic capacity for like 18 hours in the mountains or something like that. Um, but the the basic fundamentals and and properties that are in that book could very easily be translated into like climbing training, I think. And maybe in smaller doses, that's actually what's going on in, in proper climbing training. Um, you know, like maybe not as big picture, it's a little smaller because we're just doing like certain outputs, you know, like a long route could be 20 minutes, which is already, you know, much shorter than, you know, mid distance or around the distance of a, um, a, the, around the time of a mid distance runner, you know, mm -hmm. or even a fast runner, but that's like the longest output a climber might put in, um, unless they're like on a big wall or like an expedition, which, um, that's not really my thing, but right. I was kind of thinking like, what's 20 minutes and under and how does the physiology that they're talking about apply to training for like the stuff that I do, which is sport climbing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of read through that book and I just was like, you know what? I haven't, I've done this, but not really thinking about this. So now I'm going to think about this and and redo my training a little bit. And basically, I think it was like from end of July until um, end of October, I had like a three month kind of training cycle. Um, so like through August, um, through September and October, we're kind of structured training, um, kind of based on that book a little bit. And it and it worked. <laughs> nice, <laughs> crazy. I mean, I want to say it worked because I read the book, but it's also like I didn't really do much different training techniques at all. Like I kind of used what I've used in the past, but I just put them in the right order. Mm. I think, yeah, um, if that makes sense, you know. So I just I did this these weeks. I did that these weeks, and I, you know, I kind of just moved in that structure. Um, not necessarily like like not necessarily following what the uphill athlete book said, but like using their thoughts on and the science that they provided a bit. Mm -hmm. Like applying those principles a little bit more directly. Ba basically. Yeah. yeah. Like just understanding what I was doing and why I was doing it yeah. um, really helped. And it was a little self, there was some trial and error and self coaching. You know, I don't have a coach or I'm not a, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a, doctor physiologist you know i'm not didn't study that or anything like that but um the way they break it down in some other books as well makes it pretty easy to understand you yeah know? so i read a lot of stuff and kind of and i read through other books as well and a lot of books lined up so i was like something's making sense here between these few books so yeah i'm just gonna go with it and see how i feel man that's so cool um i'll fill in some context so for people that haven't heard it I did an episode with Scott Johnston, episode 169 that came out in May of last year, 2023. Um, and we called it a masterclass in training principles and why boulderers should train their aerobic system. And basically, yeah, this guy trains um, uphill athletes, people that climb big snowy mountains and things like that, skiers, you know, things like that. But that whole episode, I felt 
was super applicable to rock climbing. I had tons of takeaways. Um, the vacuum analogy, I thought that was so interesting yeah. how you like train each kind of facet of your of your endurance to kind of support the next layer of your endurance and how you kind of build that up. Like I'd never thought about it that way. That that was a really yeah, interesting and, analogy. And using that reference, like the vacuum, like for instance, on Super Krakenet, I, I had a short burst of power, but I could only sustain it for so long because I didn't have a large enough you know, capacity to sustain the energy. I needed to take a rest. I would fall, rest on the bolt, and then I had the energy. Mm -hmm. I was never tired from trying to crack a net. I just would max out at a certain point, rest, continue at the same energy. Mm -hmm. um, but then I would change energy systems and go climb like a 30-meter endurance route where I could use knee bars and rest on jugs and all this. And I climbed excellent because I had the positions to rest. On the crack a net, you can't really rest. You just go from start to finish in 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, so you need that capacity. So it's very interesting that burst of, um, you know, the analogies they use are excellent, I think. That's cool. I never imagined that recording an episode like that would help someone like you, you know, like <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> I kind of ask a lot of questions for myself and thinking about climbers like me and climbers who are um, maybe less experienced than me. And it, it it's, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, not to like, um, not to like toot my own horn or anything, but that's just like, that's really neat, man. I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool that this information that someone like Scott is giving away for free is helping an athlete like you trying to climb one of the hardest routes in the country. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think it, and I don't think it's just me. I think there's probably a lot of professional athletes that uh, listen to their sports podcasts or do research that you know, generally, I think uh, from, you know, from the beginners to the elite athletes, if they care enough about what they're putting into their craft, they're going to do, they're going to research enough. Um, so it means kind of looking through, um, you know, other people's work and, you know, books and literature or videos or, or podcasts and, and constantly learning. I think I'm just passionate about, um, improving my climbing but also like learning why it's improving you know because mm -hmm. when i was younger there was some like i was saying before there were so many years that i just kind of like worked really hard trained really hard not really knowing i just knew that i felt strong and then i would go spend two months in spain and just try a route until i do it but thankfully for those number of years i was strong enough so i would be able to climb the routes but they just took a really long time to climb um but I never really knew why I would succeed other than that I put in the time. You know what I mean? So I think these last couple of years, I really wanted to know, like, why do you, why do athletes succeed um, besides putting in the time? Like, what's the science behind improving? Um, yeah. And I think there's, there's other climbers like me, like I'm sure the World Cup climbers or Adam, for instance, I'm sure he reads a lot of literature discusses with different coaches like why am i doing this why am i doing that what should i do differently mm -hmm. uh, you know and i know you know guys like carlo or a um, couple other climbers in the u.s jonathan like jonathan's really like scientific with like kind of what's going on in his body and how he performs um both physically and mentally which is pretty cool you know so i look look to those guys but i also look to people like adam or other people in our industry in our or our community rather and why you know they don't just go in the gym and say like i'll do you know beast maker and i'll do hard bouldering and then i'll do endurance training you know they go into the gym with kind of intent of what what the training is going to be unless yeah. it's like an off season and they're just going to have fun but um, fun's definitely a part of it, but I think a lot of people who take their climbing seriously or have passion behind it, they have fun in the hard training as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I think, you know, yeah, you should be, um, proud of yourself for being a resource for people, because I think, you know, having pro climbers on here is really cool, but I find it interesting. A lot of other people that are on podcasts as well, you know, cause there's a lot to learn from pro climbers and other people, you know, that are experts in their field. Totally. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. That, I appreciate that. And and that's cool. It sounds like you've always trained hard, but it's just kind of, you're getting more granular. You're like 
you know, iterating and, and really trying to understand a lot more of the minutia of like when to do this versus that. And, and you're just kind of like refining things and making it more specific to your goals. Yeah. Yeah. And also just kind of like rethinking kind of what I've done in the past a little bit and don't want to just get stuck doing the same thing. Maybe keep pieces of what I've done that works really well and I keep using those, but maybe like, like I just was saying, like maybe putting them in a different order or adding new things, you know, I think that just a keeps training interesting and, and climbing performance interesting. Um, but it, it may help, you know, you may have been doing things slightly wrong for a little bit and mm. not that you were doing something wrong. Maybe you just did it at the wrong time. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. I, I remember. Just, I, yeah. And all that. What, sorry. I missed that. What'd oh, I just, it's just something that I think beyond like my own climbing it's just something that i'm interested it was mm -hmm. like easy to read books about physiology mm -hmm. uh, how the muscles and the body work you know and the energy systems i remember uh in our first chat we were talking about wind up bird and you, you know it's it's a very different style from the hardest routes you've done before you i think you've done like four or 15 a's and uh, for the most part they're long endurance routes um mm -hmm like, you know, biography and La Rambla and things like that. Um, and this one's short, punchy. And I remember at the time you were talking about how you just were kind of doubling down on strength and power, doing more bouldering, diving into this uphill athlete book and, and kind of rethinking your training over the summer. Was it hard to balance those things? Like you need to be as strong as possible and continue to level up your bouldering to do this thing while also tackling all these different energy systems and putting it all together and getting the timing right for your trip. Like did the uphill athlete approach incorporate the strength and power stuff? Like, was it easy to kind of find analogies and, and figure out when to put in the strength and the bouldering sort of focus as well? Or was it hard to mix it all together? Yeah. I mean, I, it was, they, I mean, I think if you read the book and you have a general understanding of, of sport, um, then you kind of, you could understand what they're talking about, you know, like, building this massive capacity and then kind of like pinpointing the energy systems a little bit and getting your body even just ready to, to train power and strength, which is a, which comes a little bit later in kind of the cycle they're talking about um, so that you can sustain this hard physical training um, and still have energy on the, the back end of it where you're supposed to be performing, you know? So I think, it was easy to understand, but like I said before, there was some trial and error because for a while there, like early or late summer when I started this, you know, I just wasn't like climbing hard or training that hard. So it kind of felt like, what am I doing? Is this even going to work? You know, um, there was like a lot of mileage. There was a lot of like aerobic um, capacity building that I was doing, whether it be like on the wall or even some easy running or really light recovery days. Um that were a bit frustrating as an athlete who just wants to go in and climb hard, you know? <laughs> um, thankfully, as the training works, I slowly started moving the dial to where I would have some harder climbing days or I would have some harder hangboarding days or other types of training, just more physical strength-based training days. And that kind of kept me hungry and hungry and hungry, you know, but also as per the uphill athlete or other trainers would say, you know, like I would train pretty hard, but I would have to stop a bit before I felt ready to stop, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'd have to pull myself back. Like, oh, I'm feeling on fire today. I just want to keep going and going and going. But then I'd be like, oh no, I, I should probably stop, recover a bit, and I'll do this in two days again mm. or something like that. So I, I had a system um, and it was a little gamble, but I knew on the good days that I was feeling good and kind of like healthy and really like that I could just keep going, which was not new, but it was refreshing to have that kind of really light, strong feeling. And like, I could do this another three days in a row. I just feel excellent right now. Um, so I knew I was onto something or the book or the the principles I, were, I was following, they were working a bit, um, but it took months to kind of get there, you know, and even my base level of climbing, I always feel kind of okay. Um, so it's kind of hard to really tell when you're feeling better, but then, you know, I kind of knew like it was working a bit. So then I just had to kind of wait for the trip to arrive, you know, and I was excited to see how it would perform, how it would translate to the rock. Um, although like, I also have to mention like 
during the fall, I was I was actually climbing a rock a bit. So I think, um, and this was a takeaway from like Jonathan Segrist a bit um, about keeping in touch with like your skill base or your kind of comfortability moving on rock and stuff. And thankfully for me, I bolted a couple of pretty awesome projects here in New Mexico. And they're really, really hard, super bouldery power endurance projects, just a little above my head right now. But I spent a lot of the fall working on those. So I just not really knowing what the grade was, not really concerned about sending or anything like that, just kind of like excited about developing new routes while these are really hard. So I think those helped a bit as well. A little subtle, like, you know, taste of the rock Mm -hmm. before going fortress. Um, But yeah, and with all those components kind of in in my space at the time, they all kind of lined up for a good performance trip in November, whether it was at the fortress or France or anywhere else. I could have gone kind of anywhere at that point with like a mid-range sport climbing route and it felt pretty good. Nice. That's awesome. Did you notice it right away when you got back on the route? Oh, yeah. Right. The first day I felt excellent. Even after the hike and everything, I was like, this feels different. I feel different. Body feels good on this on this route. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't long after my first days on the route that I was actually making a a high point of six years. And so, yeah, 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 you fell on the same move like 50 to 100 times or something like that. And then finally broke through and started high point. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, yeah, it's probably been 50 tries or so at least um, up until then that I would fall in this like really intense shoulder move or like get into it and like barely be able to get my foot up. And I think it was my first red point try this last trip that I just like hit the shoulder, got my foot up and like almost did the move. And I was like, that's crazy. Like I've never <laughs> even gotten that close, mm. you know, and it was a few tries later, a couple days later that I actually stuck that move and fell in the next move. And it was just like, this really like quick transition, you know, and, and having that high point helps too mentally. So maybe part, not all of it was my training. Some of it was like, wow, finally broke through. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a chain reaction that happens or a snowball effect. I think that uh, unless weather really takes a turn for worse or you like get hurt, like that's a good sign. Like when you have this mental motivation, Um, So I just had this momentum and it carried me through. I think it was like six or seven days after I arrived at the fortress climbing days that I sent the route. So Mm. it happened pretty fast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, How are you going to prepare for the extension? I, I guess I have kind of two things I'm curious about. Like one of them takes us all the way back to the start of the conversation where you said you're in kind of like a maintenance period right now because you're not close to a trip. And so you're going to chill and just kind of like maintain your climbing before you ramp back up. I'm curious how you think about that. Like when you're not about to go on a trip and you're just kind of chilling, why is it important to you to, to, um, take your foot off the gas and how do you think about that? Because what so many people do myself included sometimes, um, is just think like, I should just constantly be training stronger, you know, training strength and trying to get stronger and just, we're just hammering it all the time. But it sounds like you have a really nice uh, kind of understanding of what your body needs and like an ebb and flow. And it sounds like, you know, how to kind of take your foot off the gas and chill and you know when to do that. I'm curious how you think about that. So I'm curious about that. And then, um, yeah, what do you think you need to do differently for the extension? Is it the same same training, you're just going to copy what you did before and show up fresh, or are you going to tweak things for the extension? Yeah, I mean, for the first thing, I, th- I think it's a little bit of a two-parter. Um, right now, I know that I, I will probably go back to the Fortress in, in May. So if I were to try, if I were to start a really hard training cycle, like right now, there's no way that like I could sustain that all the way until May. So I kind of have to like time it right Um, because I would burn out in like April Mm -hmm. and then by the time, and then I couldn't really fit in a good training between April and May to be ready to climb. You know, I would just be tired. I might climb well, but not at the level that I need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm kind of conscious of not overtraining. And that's the main reason that like through January and maybe a couple weeks into February, I won't 
train. I mean, I'm still climbing quite a bit. I'm route setting a little bit. Um, there's some local projects, like I was saying, I'm still going to go try those and stuff and just kind of like have fun with it and do some basic stuff. I still kind of like maintain with like um, certain workouts, like really lightweight lifting or fingerboarding and stuff like that, just to stay healthy, basically. So um, otherwise, like if I didn't have this big trip in May, I might actually train pretty hard right now mm. um, just to prepare for either like specific goals. Like I just want to feel a little stronger in my fingers this year or I want to boulder a bit. I would maybe be training a bit more right now, but since I have the May kind of in my mind, I don't want to burn out too soon before that time. Mm -hmm. So that's my main reason for chilling right now. Um, and when do you think you'll start ramping up for that trip? Probably um, middle to end of February, train through March, um, maybe like some capacity stuff, um, just getting, you know, my energy way up, you know, and like just my workload um, just increase that as much as I can. And then throughout April will probably be the pretty hard month of training um, where I, I dive a bit more into um, power endurance and strength training. And then, you know, tail end of that is a slight taper. Um, but I actually, since there's no big travel here, just driving to Colorado, I'll probably train pretty hard up until the day that I leave. So mm. um, into the middle of May, I'll probably do a little more um root specific stuff like setting circuits and or boulder problems that really resemble kind of like certain moves on the route like this route has kind of a shoulder wrecking like in really intense moves so i want to make sure that i have some muscle recruitment in that specific style of move and that'll probably come at the very tail end of the training where i'm just kind of getting myself ready as if i've spent a few days already on the route that way, when I get up there, I'm not totally wrecked like the mm. first few days of the route. Um, so more or less, the training will be the same. But with this extra 45 feet, you know, on top, uh, I might do a little more endurance, a little more um, slightly more capacity training in the beginning, just so that I have maybe more moves in my pocket, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. ready for a little bit more hard climbing. And the big thing that kind of was hard this last round um, with working the extension is there's kind of like a really intense, it's not an intense knee bar. It's just not a great knee bar at the belay of the original windup bird. And I was resting on that and I could like knee bar and take like a little bit of weight off my hands, but I, not on no hands by any means, just kind of like it was a rest. And I think I was just kind of putting my knee there to like secure myself a little bit more. Um, but I think I'm actually going to try to do like some specific training in my calves and my knee to like make that thing a no hands knee bar mm. would be amazing. Or at least as close to a no hands knee bar as possible. If I could just get 20 seconds without my hands on the wall, it would be amazing. Even if it's in <laughs> bursts of like five seconds, hands back on the wall, five seconds. Um, but at the time, you know, after seven weeks of hiking up the fortress and, my legs were just tired and my calves maybe weren't in the right shape. And I just want to make sure I can really, really put as much weight and pressure on that knee bar as possible. Cause that's really the determining factor because you climb, you know, pretty hard bouldery nine B to this rest and it's a, it's jugs, but you really need your hands off the wall, you mm -hmm. know, or like you're, you're not crazy loaded pumped, but you just don't have a lot of power left and like anything you could do, to get power to your upper body and like maybe I could use all of the energy I have left like knee barring so hard that my calf is like gonna explode but at least my arms are a little more fresh then I could like have a fighting chance on the upper section yeah um you know so I, I I'm really gonna dial in my rest and like focus on being able to rest there a little better um because this last round I was just kind of on the fly I'm up here I'm feeling strong I'm able to climb through the bottom. I climbed through it a couple times, but I was just too pumped. And, you know, my best try made it actually pretty far into the upper crux, but um, it was just a little too gassed, I think. Mm. You know, it's been really hard to finish the last eight or nine moves, I think. Well, that's sick, though. I mean, it's it's sick that you did that well on it. But also, I mean, after so many years 
trying the original line, like how cool is it that you didn't just send it, but you were able to do it multiple times, like kind of yeah, right away. It, yeah, that must have felt good. Yeah, it did. Um, they were very desperate. Um, you know, like they felt almost just as hard as doing it for the first time. But actually, the third time that I got through, I I actually felt pretty good. Um, mm. It was crazy, and I I made some mistakes actually on the first part, which caused a lot of um, energy. Um, so it wasn't the perfect attempt and it could have been, it was like the last try on my last day. It was like this epic, like maybe you'll do it right now. Um, but I just didn't quite have enough, but I was quite strong on the upper part. Um, and it felt great. But at that point, like Callie and I, we were just exhausted. I mean, we hiked up <laughs> there maybe 40 days, you know, wow. that trip. And so I put wow. probably 40 days up there on that route. So every day. But it was only one try a day in the end. So I would just kind of wait and warm up on a route and then just one go. Like, man, that's all the energy I had. If I <laughs> climbed the bottom part, I didn't have enough energy to try it a second time. It was mm. just impossible. Um, I could work the moves or I would get into the shoulder crux because I tried a few times, like, just try it again. And But I would get into this move and just not be able to move it. It kind of felt like how it's felt in the past. Mm -hmm. um, on the second try. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'd really just have to capitalize on this one effort every day up there. Um, but yeah, this last trip, you know, I was just exhausted by the end of it, but the motivation was high. So I kept trying, uh, <laughs> man, I'm just, luckily, yeah. <laughs> say that again. Luckily what? Luckily I didn't get injured or anything. Cause mm. now in retrospect, I'm like, that's probably the window of when something happens, you know, mm. but, mm -hmm. um, cause really tired and trying at your absolute max, you know, like, I think a good yeah. window on a big trip is, is unless you're like in it for the long haul, is probably the first few weeks. You have the most energy, the most strength, the most psych, you know, and then you have like another kind of wind after that, potentially, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so for me, I'm just, I'm looking forward to next time where I have that like 15 days in the beginning where I just feel fresh and, and motivated and mm -hmm. all that. Man, hearing you talk about all this, I'm just I'm just appreciating the complexities of sport climbing. You know, I've been on a bouldering kick for quite a while now, and I'm here in Waco, and it's really not that complicated. Like you just go try hard on something and end before you're totally wrecked, and then rest until you feel good, and then go try something hard again. You know, and you get stronger. But yeah. sport climbing, man, there's so much more going on. All the different energy systems, and then, I mean, even just like, okay, how do I make sure that my legs are fit enough for the hike that I can get up there without being worked and then still have a bunch of strength and power to like do this knee bar a little harder so I can rest my upper body. Like, God, there's just so much more going on. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, there could be, there is a lot. It, when we're talking about the fortress, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. um, but bouldering in its own has its own like nuanced little detail. I think bouldering because you're always climbing at your limit and like even on the windup bird with really hard boulders i'm never really physically on a single move at my absolute min limit mm -hmm. like it would be on a boulder or something um so bouldering has i think its own level of complexity for sure um but yeah sport climbing you know i think with the crags like the fortress or Seyus or other areas that involve a huge hike um a lot of climbers maybe oversee the level of effort that the hike takes, even if the hike feels easy, it's still taking energy, it's burning calories. And you got to like kind of account, kind of account for that. If you're hiking up to an area to climb your absolute hardest, mm -hmm. if you're just on a vacation, having fun, then maybe it doesn't matter as much, but like for sure these crags at, you know, there's an added element of, of having a, enough energy to climb your hardest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. On that note about bouldering, I got a, I got a listener question for you. This is from Will. Um, Will wrote, I followed John's journey back in the day on the game. Super inspiring. Any plans to project another super hard boulder anytime soon? Lots of V16s out there nowadays. Yeah, I've, um, I've thought about this a bit. I think, uh, you know, I love bouldering and I think for me, bouldering's a bit more these days about my experience, like going to the boulders and climbing a lot, kind of having that experience. It's a more social thing in a lot of ways. You know, you kind of go out with a crew sometimes and 
it's fun um, to have that. So I, I kind of like climbing slightly under my limit when it comes to bouldering. Um, but living in New Mexico now, and we're not far from Waco, I think that eventually I'll dive into some hard bouldering again. Um, there's definitely some lines that I'm really inspired by, in, whether it's in Waco or in um, Bishop and, and stuff like that. Um, maybe someday, you know, I think being back in New Mexico, I grew up here. So it's kind of interesting that like when I left, there was a certain amount of boulder problems that were established. And now I came back 15 years later, there's actually not that many more boulder problems established, Mm. but there's so much rock. So I think I might find my challenge locally. Um, that'd be cool. That would inspire me the most. Yeah. Um, so I, I have some projects in mind for sure. Nice. Um, Maybe not in the next year, maybe after. Okay. Yeah. You got your, yeah. you get you, you've got a bigger fish to fry in the short yeah, term. Yeah. I guess for <laughs> different fish. Different fish. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a route that I bolted here in, in New Mexico that probably has like 8C boulder on it. Oh, wow. Um, or 8B plus. So for me these days, 8B14 or V15 is, is probably my limit, my max. Um, I'm not entirely sure I could push to V16. Maybe if it was like a power endurance, longer kind of boulder, I could see something like that. Um, like an Alphane style boulder, mm-hmm. maybe not quite 9A boulder, but something like that would suit me a bit. Um, so that's why I've really been into like kind of finding these roots that are like long, hard boulder problems. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm getting my bouldering dose and for sure on a few of these projects. Seems like maybe like the Grand Illusion. Seems like that would be a good one for you. I would love that. Yeah. For instance, I would love to try a boulder like Grand Illusion. That's like right up my alley. I think I would love trying something like that. That'd be sick. Uh, maybe yeah. someday. Nice. Yeah. Where have you been climbing and bolting roots near near home? Um, w- There's yeah. a crack. It's actually near Waco. Um, it's called the Tunnel. Oh, uh, no way. Simply because there's a, there's a blast zone. Yeah, yeah. They, like, I've heard of the tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, I've heard good yeah, things. Yeah. So it's near Alamogordo, for those who don't know. It's just uh-huh. kind of like a um kind of an old uh um, military city you know there's the white sands missile range just out there there's the beautiful right white sands i don't know if you've been for a rest day or something but they're pretty cool yeah um but yeah i've been bolting roots just at the tunnel no so, way <laughs> you've yeah. got like a 515 proj at the tunnel holy shit yeah yeah that's cool yeah uh-huh it's it's awesome i've been working on, i probably have like 15 days on it already or something nice um, yeah, so it's a little cold now, actually, because there's a sunny side and a shady side, and it's on the shady side. So it probably doesn't get much higher than 40 degrees or 30 degrees mm. and, like, never gets sun. Um, so that won't really be a project or climbable until maybe February, end of February. Okay. So it's a go there and try that. Nice. Um, but the sunny side's great right now, so there's plenty of routes to do there. And it's a good off day from Waco because it's not really sharp rock at all. It's mm-hmm. actually pretty slick and limestone-y, um, just kind of fun mileage could be done there. It's a little hard. It's old school. Mm-hmm. A lot of the roots were bolted in the 90s, so the grades reflect that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's cool. Oh, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Nice. Well, right on, man. I will be rooting for you in May. Yeah, great. Enjoy your downtime. Best of luck with the loans in the house. Um, yeah, I I just went through that process. I feel really lucky that it went about as smooth as possible. But goddamn, it's a lot of work, and it takes a lot of time <laughs> to yeah, try to line I'm, all that just, stuff up. I hope it works yeah. out for you. I'm just now learning. It's gonna work out. It just takes time. Yeah, you know, for, yeah, in, yeah. in my case, you know. Um, but it's gonna it'll work out. So I'm I'm excited. That's another big deal for the spring and thus the downtime. Just trying to focus on setting my, ourselves up for the future a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. And best of luck with your training and uh, yeah, I'll be rooting for you in May and hopefully you send and we can do this again. Yeah. We can, great. we can do this again. Even if you don't send, it'd be fun to get the update and hear <laughs> how your training sure. went and, and how it <laughs> goes up there, <laughs> what you learned. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 Not going to pin you down uh, the first day after you finish your trip if you didn't do it and be like, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm. It's all good. I'm. I'm. I'm happy with how it. Whatever the outcome comes, as long as I'm well prepared, you know, it's just I'll go back and try it again if needed. Nice. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man! Congratulations again. 
The Rue looks amazing. I hope I hope uh, I hope people go try it. Do you think it's going to get any action? Has it been getting any action from anyone else yet? Or um, other than you know uh, you know Carlo and obviously tried it a bit. Uh, Daniel Woods has tried it before. Um, but he just kind of worked the moves a long time ago. Really strong, obviously, on it because it it would suit the boulder. So mm. I think any boulder who's aspiring to climb like a La Capella style route or something, it it's here in the states. It's just at the fort. So I think that's kind of the deterring factor for a lot of people wanting to try it. Um, but I, I suspect, you know, maybe buddies like, um, you know, Matty Hong will probably try it eventually. Um, Nick Milburn, Nicholas Milburn tried it a bit. So um, I, I think it'll see some action um, for sure in the coming years, especially when the full thing is complete. I think people will be eyeing it up mm-hmm. a little bit. I've talked to a few friends and we'll yeah. see. It should be exciting. Do you think the, uh, I mean, it's impossible to know until you do it, but do you think the extension's enough to nudge it to 515C? Any thoughts on that? It, it's hard to say, honestly. Um, and, and right now, it, it even the 9B for Windup Bird is interesting because I'm basically the only one who climbs on it and, tra- and works on it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of just, you know, through Darth Grader, through talks with other people and and my intuition of my energy that I put into the route and how hard I had to try to climb it. Um, It's just, you know, grades are kind of subjective proposals. And my thoughts are that like, for sure, you know, like the full thing is 100% a 9B or a very, very hard 9B. And the wind-up bird itself is at least a very hard 9A plus or a 9B. Um, this I'm confident in whether or not pushes it to 90 plus. It's hard for me to say right now, just because I, I think I need more tries falling on the end and seeing how long that process and how intense those last 10 moves are going to be. Because if I've learned anything in hard routes, you know, one move at a time is can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, if it's three weeks of epic falling at the end and it, it could potentially put it there. So that would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, there's there's only one proposed one in the country, so that would be a pretty fucking big deal. It's yeah, a big we deal. Take it back, France. The well, French got us again. <laughs> yeah, they, I know they got us again, man. Seb, yeah. goddamn. I mean, between yeah, Jonathan and others, well, there'll be nine nine B plus for sure in in the United States in the few years coming. Hell so, yeah. It's at the fortress or elsewhere. I we'll see it coming. I'm Hell sure. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time, man. It's been really good to chat with you again. Good to see you. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Good luck in Waco. Enjoy the the process there, like coasting in, landing, and and just dialing in your projects. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of funny. I was telling a friend the other day, I've been here for like three weeks uh, for people listening, and I'm trying a very different approach of just kind of like rotating between like four or five different projects and, and not blasting myself on any one thing and kind of spreading it out. And, um, and I'm just making progress on, I'm basically making progress every single climbing day. And it's, it's been a really cool feeling. And I've basically haven't sent anything yet this trip. And I think it's been my favorite season so far in Waco. I'm just really enjoying like putting the work in on hard things and feeling stronger on them every time. And, um, I'm just feeling like a lot of momentum overall in my climbing. And it's just kind of, showing up across all these different boulders I'm trying and I'm trying a lot of like really fun classic ones. So that just, I don't know, there's something different about that when you're that trying like a really yeah. a famous, <laughs> you know, thing, you're like, ah, oh, yeah. I feel cool. Like I'm climbing on the rad hard thing. Like this is sick. So. Oh yeah. That, that's all time. I did when I was younger too. <laughs> like just all pursue the classic, the best ones. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it sounds like a, it will be a good, like, um, growth a season of growth for you. So yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, you know, um, you know, you had your kind of sending seasons down there where you did a lot of stuff, but now just work on the hard things and enjoy that process. Totally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Right on, man. Yeah. I'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks again for doing right. this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Rooting for you in May. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it.